While you're turning there, let me remind you to be in prayer for Al Rich and his family. His mother passed away yesterday. Um, Funeral services haven't been set yet, but um, your prayers for their family I know would be much appreciated. Last week we closed out Ephesians dealing with the armor or the war that we're in. We didn't get into the armor. And just as a matter of review, last week we said our battle, based from Ephesians 6, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not a, it's not a horizontal battle. It's not human to human. It's not against other people. We said there are spiritual powers that are against you against every human being, but in particular also against believers and that those spiritual powers are numerous, they are powerful, they are very wicked, and they are very clever, very deceitful. We also said from Ephesians 6, our strength comes only from the Lord and Our dependence must be on Him. And that we must learn to see everything in life from a spiritual warfare perspective. So, um, it's important for us to view things from from that perspective. I think the batteries are dead. See? So, how do you view batteries dead? You can say these lousy companies that don't make good batteries. And... But, or you can say it's spiritual warfare, and I'm going to give this to Cole, I get, or he's bringing batteries. I'll let him, because I'll put them in wrong, all right? And I know he just put brand new ones in right before the service, because I saw him do it, all right? There, we got the green light. So, viewing everything from from the standpoint that God is using everything in our life to teach us to be dependent on Him, to view everything as it's more than just flesh and blood, and that our strength and our victory comes through God. But as as you live life, As a Christian, we know that the victory is guaranteed. We know that it's going to be okay in the end. But it's between here and the end that we say, I know there's victory in Christ, but why am I so defeated in this area of my life? Why... You know, we we sing about um, being happy and joyous and and um, things that that we sang this morning. And you say, well, I know I know that, and I know someday everything is going to be okay. But I get tired of this battle here, and not only that, I get tired of getting whipped up on at times, and maybe more times than not. You know, a just man falls seven times and rises up again. And you might be saying, I'm getting tired of rising up. I just want to lay down. And there comes times like that in our lives. 
And, and many times, it's because we failed to realize where the battle is really taking place in our life. And I don't know if you've noticed as we've been studying various epistles of Paul, that it's like, in essence, the same theme comes through all of them. I mean, he's not telling those at Colossae anything different than he is at Ephesus or here in Thessalonians. And he, he quickly goes down a list of, of uh, short verses that just give exhortation. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, don't quench the Spirit. But you notice he comes down, verse 23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Now, he mentions in there, the, the trifecta of life, if you please, from a human standpoint. He said, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. And, and we often hear that and we think, well, spirit and soul, I kind of wrap those together in body. Yeah, it's different. But he makes a distinction here, spirit soul, and body. And, and we need to realize that we are made up, every one of us as individuals is made up of a spirit, a soul, and a body. So in, in realizing this, we, we, when God made man, he breathed into man a living breath. We became an eternal being. Every Every human being, not, not eternal like God is. I mean, we are going to live somewhere forever. And that is our spirit. He breathed into us the breath of life. And to a believer, when we have trusted God for the forgiveness of sin, our soul is taken care of with Him. The eternal destiny of that soul is set in God. And, and in understanding that, it, it belongs to God. So we're just going to put that here to represent that. But we also, we also see that we are a soul. And we'll come back to that in just a little bit. But this is the part of us that relates to, to other human beings um, this is a part that is, is the real us, if you please, okay? This is, is very, very important in, in the scope of things because this is where the battleground takes place. Okay, of course, we know that we have a body. We'll be coming back to the soul here. We know we have a body. And... Like anything, we need to be careful that we don't minimize the body that, oh, it's just a carrying case for the soul. Um, the body isn't that important. 
No, the body is important. It's made in the image of God. It will someday be resurrected and, and we will have glorified bodies. So it matters what we do with our body. And absolutely, is it, it is tied very closely to our soul because it is, in essence, the carrying case for our soul. And, and in realizing the importance of the body, uh, but today um, we're not going to focus so much on the body. We want to come back to the soul. And the soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And this is the battleground right now. You might say, if I'm a Christian... And, and my spirit belongs to God, why is there such a battle in my life? Well, the battle is, yes, your eternal destiny is set in Christ, but now the battle is in your mind, your will, and your emotions. And that is the battleground between God and Satan. And this is... This is the reason that we many times are, are living in defeat because we haven't realized the importance of this area, this battleground. And in understanding, God has intended us to have a spirit-controlled mind and a spirit-controlled mind that controls the body. See, any time you get these out of order, the spirit directs the mind and the mind directs the body. Anytime you get those in a different order, it's going to be messed up. Your mind says, body, get up. And your body says, I don't feel like getting up. So the body takes control over the mind. And it says, forget that. I'm not getting up. I'm hitting the snooze, rolling over, going back to sleep. And you sleep and you're late for work and you go to work and they say, that's too many times late to work, you're fired. They hate me. They don't like me at work. <clears throat> Nowadays, they may not fire because they're so hard up for workers, right? But at any rate, when your body is in control, it ends up in trouble. When your mind is in control... Over the body or over the spirit, we say, that doesn't make sense to me, so I'm not going to do it. There's a lot of things that don't make sense to us, but it's still God's will. So, it is spirit controlling the mind and the mind controlling the body. And the body is, the, is to be, as God designed, the servant to the mind, which in a believer's heart is to be under the control of the Spirit. So, we in the spiritual warfare are under various attacks. Some under direct attacks of Satan. Most of us aren't under that. Job was under the direct attack of Satan. More so come indirects, the indirect approach of the devil comes primarily through two means. Number one, through the world. 
the philosophy of the world, the corporate expression of the flesh-centered individuals who make up the human race, the, the philosophy of the world, and the indirect um, approaches come through our flesh, our sinful nature. These attacks take place in the mind. And they come in the form of thoughts. We are continually dealing with thoughts. Sometimes it may be open hostilities. It may be subtle temptations. It may be festering worries. It could be resentments, gnawing fears, bitterness, disappointment. It could be vague, nameless Thoughts of depression, of spirit, that all of these things rob us of the peace. And so we know what, what God's called us to. We know what we're going to be, but we're living at a level here and we get disgusted with ourselves, and sometimes disgusted with God and Christianity and other things and say, why is there this big gap between what it's supposed to be and where I'm at? And... It all takes place. The key where we need to focus is our mind. Satan, John 8.44, is a liar. He is the father of lies. And he destroys by deceiving, by lying, by distorting, by counterfeiting, by masquerading, by clouding human minds with illusion and fantasy. And this is what Paul calls the those schemes of the devil, the wiles of the devil. So, we want this morning to focus on the battle that takes place in our mind. First of all, understand thoughts have consequences. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your thoughts and my thoughts have consequences. That's why in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, he says, keep your heart, and he uses the term heart not as what pumps our blood, but our, our innermost being, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. This is why he says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, we might say, I, I have trouble with my speech. Well, any of our speech comes out of our thought life. And correcting speech is not putting a muzzle on us so that we don't talk. It's changing our thoughts so that what comes out of us is honoring. So it all comes back to the mind. Wrong ideas lead to wrong actions which produce wrong emotions. So we're we're back we're back to this if I can find the right one, the mind, the will and the emotion. Wrong ideas in the mind, wrong thoughts Produce wrong actions, which produce wrong emotions. 
We don't have the time to go into when you get these out of order, you're in trouble too. But the battle that, that Paul really wants us, that God wants us to emphasize, is the battle with our thought life. Because our thoughts have consequences. Wrong ideas produce wrong actions, which produce wrong emotions. And we spend much of our life dealing with the symptoms of wrong thoughts. Thoughts have consequences. He said, if you sow to the flesh, you will of the flesh, what? Reap corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will of the Spirit reap life. So, So he's telling us throughout these passages that we mentioned that thoughts have consequences. So because of that, We are to take responsibility for every thought. We are to take responsibility for every thought. Now, there are thoughts that come that just come. Every one of us have had had wicked thoughts that, that just show up in our mind. We've had vile thoughts that have showed up in our mind. And, and Martin Luther said, you cannot keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. You can't, you can't prevent thoughts from entering your mind. But you then are responsible for what you do with those thoughts. See, even to a believer... There, there can come wicked thoughts. It springs from our own wicked heart. But then what you do with that thought is what is most important. If you allow it, as Martin Luther said, to build a nest and you make it a place at home in your life, you will have adverse consequences. So see... We have to take responsibility for our thoughts. The things that come into our life, what do I do with that thought? It's as though you have this property and you are there to guard it from intruders. You can't prevent all intruders, but when you meet one, you... Cast it down, you take it captive, you bring it into subjection, as Second Corinthians 10 tells us, to the obedience of Christ. And so, <clears throat> it's taking responsibility for our thoughts. We live in an age that, that we don't like to take responsibility. Everyone's a victim. My thoughts produce my actions which produce my emotions. I cannot blame my childhood. I cannot blame my parents. I cannot blame my circumstances or anything for what goes on in my mind. I am responsible. I am... I am the master of my mind. And I allow in my mind... Whatever I want. And I can get rid of in my mind whatever I want. 
This is the one area that we have control over that we seldom take responsibility for. I mean, we're, we're all upset about all these things we have no control over. You have no control over the weather. You have no control over politics. You have no control over your neighbor. You have no control over your boss. But we do have control over our thoughts. And we spend our time thinking about things we don't have control over, and we need to take control of our thoughts and bring them into obedience. So <clears throat> it's important that we test every thought. First of all, he says that we are to have our loins girt about with truth. Is this true? Is this thought true? Satan is a liar. So it's important that, that we test, is this true? If Adam and Eve had asked this question, is this true? They would have, they would have understood. Now, let me stop. There are some things that are true, but it is not, for example... You, you, may have, you may have done something stupid, okay? I mean, you just weren't thinking and you did it. Um, this last week I was leveling a dryer and I pulled it out and it, the leg fell off the support and it smashed my finger and I said, man, I'm so stupid. It's true, it was stupid what I did. That's true. But is that what God thinks? See, that is God doesn't say, you are so stupid. It was not a wise thing. If I'd been thinking ahead, if I pull this out, it's going to drop. And if my finger's under there, it's going to smash my finger. But I, did, I just pulled it out, bang. And, and then, what an idiot. You are so stupid. That's the thoughts in my mind. And if you ever have thoughts like that, you don't want to admit it, right? It's true. It was not a wise thing what we did. We may have said something, and after we said it, we said, Oh, that was so dumb. That's true. It, it wasn't smart what we said. So it's not just, is it true? It's then, is this what God thinks? Is this what God wants? See? Every thought that we, that we need to think about. Every thought we need to say, is it true? And is this right from God's perspective? Is this what God thinks? Satan is always, through our flesh, through the world, is always putting forth lies. There is no God. Is that true? I mean, many, many lies. Um, God doesn't care about me. Oh, is that true? Well, it sure seems like it. Everything that happens to me is wrong. And I prayed about this and He didn't answer that. And look at over here, they prayed about it and God answered. So I guess God, God doesn't care about me. See, we believe those things. Or He likes them more than He likes me. And the truth of the matter is 
that God loves you with an everlasting, permanent love. And, and where you're looking from, you may not be able to see it, but you need to come back to the truth of God's Word. Satan says, we say to ourselves, I am beyond repair. There's many people that, that I'm beyond repair. God says He is able to save to the uttermost, the furthest that you could even imagine, them that come to Him. We have in our thoughts, there is no hope. There is no hope. I'll not ask for a raise of hands, but, but in, in life, there comes some dark days that we say, the thought comes into our mind, there is no hope. And that's where we need to test every thought. Is that what God is... Who would be saying that? Would God be saying that or would Satan? The easiest test is to bring it down to that. Who would be saying this? Would God be saying there is no hope? Or would Satan be saying that? Everything comes down to this spiritual warfare. There is no justice. There's no justice in this world. And forget it all. Um, again, is it true? Well, to a certain degree, there isn't justice in this life. But by me thinking this, what actions will it produce in my mind? that bear out through my will and my emotions. We say, if only I could have the sun to shine today, I'd be happy. If only I'd win the lottery. If only I'd get a better job. If only I could marry the right person. Then I'd be satisfied. Is that true? See, we need to test every thought. Nothing, nothing will happen if I disobey God. This isn't a big thing. I can't change. I've tried. I just can't change. I can't do it. Is that what God says? Or is that what Satan would have us to believe? Nothing will turn out right. And you can list a list of things in your life. This didn't turn out right, and this didn't turn out right, and this didn't turn out right, and you might as well pitch it. Nothing's going to turn out right anyway. Who would be telling you that? See, testing every thought. God won't forgive. I mean, how many times have I failed in this? Why should He forgive me? Because He's God. So, we, we could spend really the rest of the day dealing with various lies that Satan brings and that we, as believers, believe. It's, it's in our minds. It's in our hearts. And, and we need, they spring up 
and and we give them ground in our heart and then then it just starts spreading through our life and we believe one lie after another and it ends up devastating so it is test every thought that we have now i didn't know whether to put this next point before test every thought, but I put it behind. But you can't test every thought unless you are a student of the Word. How do we know that this is truth or this is what God would think unless we are a student of the Word? It's knowing God, knowing His heart. See, that's why we read the Bible, to know the heart of God, to know, all right, in this battleground of my mind, hey, I'm, I'm walking with God, I'm learning about God, and I know this is a lie right here, because that isn't how God works. It springs out of our personal walk with God, our personal relationship with God. And I don't mean just read a, read a little bit every morning then go your way. I mean we need to be armed with truth so that in this battleground of our mind, the thoughts come in and we say, that is not true. This is what God said. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did. When Jesus Christ was tempted three times, Satan came quoting Scripture. But needless to say, Jesus Christ knew Scripture. And he counterattacked Satan's three times every time Jesus said, It is written. And a direct application to the distortion of Satan's attack. Satan was distorting the truth of God's Word. Jesus Christ used the Word of God to attack it and rebuke it and walk in victory over it. But it means we must know the principles and the ways of God. Be a student of the Word of God. So God brings, God brings, uh, allows in our life these battles to drive us to the heart of God. So a lie comes in that, um, let's just say, a lie that involves sexual impurity. Okay, we need to ask ourselves, what is God's design for sex? Or anything. What is God's design for sex? What is God's design for money? What is God's design for work? What is God's design for marriage? What is God's design for family? I don't care what it is. We need to understand God's design so that when the thoughts come, we say, wait, that violates God's design. I'm building this house according to the design of God, and that violates God's design. No, we're not going there. In understanding God's design, in understanding responsibility, God's design for responsibility, in understanding authority, how did, what's God's purpose for authority, and how am I to respond, in, in understanding God's design for suffering, 
We, we go through a period of suffering and, and, and the thoughts come, God doesn't really care about you or you wouldn't be suffering. And, and we have to have a biblical viewpoint of suffering. What is the purpose? Why does God allow suffering? Why is there suffering? Why does God allow suffering? What's His goal through suffering? We don't have time to do... But see, this is all-encompassing of our life. It'd be nice if we just accepted Christ as our personal Savior and then He waved this magic wand over us and, and said... Now you don't have a battle, but the battle is there and it's in our mind. It's in what we believe. It's in what we listen to in our thought life. We, we all have ants in our life. I read a book and it said you need to kill the ants. Automatic negative thoughts. And you know what? That's what springs up in our, in our life. They're there automatically. I mean, they just spring up. Automatic negative thoughts that are lies against the truth of God. I can remember standing as as a young, I wouldn't say a man, but and looking in a mirror and just saying, I hate you! I mean, with all the vengeance of my heart. That's where I was at that time in my life. Now, do you understand, that isn't, that isn't what God would have been saying, was saying to me. But there comes thoughts, automatic negative thoughts. That, and, and I'm not talking just positive mental attitude. I'm talking positive truth. Is this what God says? And, and in understanding, the greater exposure that we have to Scripture, the more the Spirit can use the mighty sword in our lives and in our thoughts for victory. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of myself and I'm tired of many, many people being destroyed because they don't have the knowledge to recognize the lies of Satan and the, the will to walk in obedience with the knowledge. I'm tired of seeing Satan literally take lives because people believe Lies of Satan. I'm tired of, of people destroying their lives because a lack of knowledge or they just blatantly rejected the knowledge of God, but a lack of knowledge and they believed the lies and made decisions based on those lies and they bear the consequences the rest of their life. It, it comes down, we have, it's not just have personal devotions. We need to know God. That's why knowing God, that's the first and most important thing. So that we then take responsibility for these thoughts 
that come flying over our head and we say, you keep flying. Get out of here. No, I am not thinking on that. I'm going to think on that which is true and honest and just and pure and lovely. If there's virtue in it, there's praiseworthy. Those are the things I'm going to think on. And I'm going to take the rulership of my mind. I am going to determine what comes in and stays in and what goes through and keeps on going. And that's where it involves using the resources that God has given. And Lord willing, next week we'll get into more detail into the armor. But see, when you became a Christian, that's when the battle really begins. Every Christian who lives a life that is yielded to God and resistant to the schemes of Satan and the forces of evil, God intends us to be a corridor of liberty. He intends us to be a beacon of light, dispelling the darkness from the lies of Satan and the ignorance of the world around us. But many times... We have not won the battle in our minds, and as a result, we are living in defeat. And we sing about victory in Jesus, but we're living in defeat. Um, when you came in today, you should have received, check the strongholds for which you need prayer. If you didn't receive one of those, raise your hands, okay? This is, um, if we could have... I think there's some on the back table. If you could get those in just a minute, they'll come in. If you didn't get one of these, raise your hand and Don's got some. And and um, I want you to take these. This is, I know, this is out of the ordinary, okay? I want you to fill these out right now. Do it. Um, don't put your name on it. But... We are losing the battles and we need to figure out why. And it's not just, oh God, help me with my eating problem. It's, yeah, it, it begins with praying about it, but what are my thought processes? Why am I doing this? And, and cover your sheet so that the person sitting next to you doesn't see and don't you be glancing. Get about and do it. Don't sit there and look at me like I'm an idiot. I know I'm an idiot, okay? What? What? Coming to church isn't enough to just sit and listen. This is a this is a part of doing, okay? There's no way we'll know which paper's yours unless you put your initials on it or something. All we're asking you to do is check marks, okay? And we're going to take these, and, and Wednesday night, we're going to pray over these as well. But, this is also for your well-being. Where am I, where does Satan have a stronghold in my life? Where does he have a stronghold? You, we need to realize it, first of all. Where does he have a stronghold in my life? Does everybody have one of these? If you don't, raise your hand. So where, where is there a stronghold in my life? And honestly, as you go through this, most of us will probably have many strongholds, okay? Now, then you need to, we'll, we'll be praying about it, but 
then you need to go and say, okay, what is it that I'm believing that makes this a stronghold? And begin seeking God, knowing God. Begin seeking His Word. God, what, did, what is your design? I mentioned eating, okay? And eating can be a problem for anyone that's not overweight or overweight. It's not just an overweight issue. If, if I live to eat, I've got an eating problem. Okay? But if I eat to live, then it's okay. But I'm not going down that road any further, alright? But we need to seek God's mind. We're never going to get victory if we don't come back to our mind and say, this is where the battle's going. What is, what's a lie I'm believing? God, help me to establish truth in my heart and life and be what you want me to be and use the resources that God's given. So, you fill that out and, and in just a moment we're going to sing a song and I want you just to pass them to the center aisles and the guys that handed them out, if they could come and collect them. But I don't know about you, but I'm tired of we as Christians living in defeat. And just hoping God will come rescue us out of this defeat. He said we can put on the armor of God that we're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So... um, realizing the battle. It's in my mind. I need to take control of it. I am responsible for my thoughts. I need to test every thought. Ask God to give me discernment to recognize the lies of Satan. Be a student of the Word of God and use what He's given me. Heavenly Father, I pray that the strongholds from the lies of Satan that have been raised up in our lives will be cast down and there would be glory to You through victories that are won for Your honor and by Your power. So Lord, we plead Your mercies. We know Satan is a liar, but we know that truth always will triumph. And so we ask that You would help us to walk in truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask Jason if he'll come lead us in the song, what's the title of it? Before the Throne. So, think of the lies Satan gets us to believe in relation to this song and the application of it. And ask God to help you to walk in victory in our mind. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name